0: Greetings Old Haliburians and members of the wider Halibury community, wherever and whenever you are listening to this podcast. This is Keith White from the Class of 62, bringing you the 12th of our regular podcast series, which includes audio material from the Halibury Archives. In this episode, we celebrate the 10th Annual Brian Weary Clark Club, and what better way to start than with Alumni Director Russell Davidson kicking off the very first Clark Club in 2010.
1: Can I welcome you all here today to the Marine Hotel where I'm sure many of you stuck away from your days of boarding various times in school and walked into a great location and we really appreciate uh, certainly so many people being here today. Today's the inaugural Brian Weary Clark luncheon and it's wonderful to see so many of you here. Obviously the first of its kind is the inaugural which we're here today it's wonderful to be here. If we happen to have it again next year which I'm sure we will it'll be certainly called the annual Brian Weary Clark Luncheon. And as it grows older and older and older, it will become the time-honoured Brian Weary <laughs> Clark Luncheon. So, wonderful to be here today, and certainly, we're indebted for your company. It's, it's great to see you. Can I welcome a number of honorary members of the Clark Club here today. Of course, you're all members, being 50 years out of Halibri, 50 years or greater. I hope that doesn't make you feel too old. And, and for that privilege, you all receive the Brian Weary Clark member pin, which I hope that you'll wear with great distinction. But I can't forget, of course, our guest of honour and Brian Clark. I couldn't think of a more appropriate to call the 50-year the club after Brian. The OHA Council discussed this and it was a unanimous decision that this club be formed and it was be, to be named after Brian. And of course we hope that for future generations and many, many, many years to come, this club will continue to exist for OHA members of 50 years plus. So, Brian, it's an honour to have you here today. We thank you and we wish you very, very well for the future and thank you for taking on the honour of this club being named after you. To Brian Clark and the Brian Weary Clark Club.
0: Nice one, Russ. Now, let's fast forward 10 years to October 25 this year.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Halebury Chairman, Mr Tom Poulton, Halebury Principal and CEO, Mr Derek Scott, Vice Principal, Mr Scott Doran, OHA President, Mr Brad Hyde, Life Governors of Halebury, members of the Halebury Senior Executive, members of the OHA Executive, former members of staff, ladies and gentlemen. It gives me great pleasure to welcome you all to the 10th annual Clark Club Luncheon. One of the great events on the OHA calendar which brings together a wonderful group of gentlemen who have one thing in common, that they have graduated 50 or more years ago from Halebury. And on reflection on the success of this event over the past 10 years, it strikes me that this occasion serves two main purposes. For one, it provides us all with a great opportunity to reconnect with each other, to catch up with our old school friends, uh, their partners, staff members and members of the wider Halebury community who have come to know each other over such a long period of time and secondly it provides us with a wonderful opportunity to engage with our school a school that gave us so much and has changed remarkably over the last 50 60 and 70 years which is the scope of those in the attendance today and later I look forward to welcoming our Principal and CEO to speak about the incredible growth of our school and the opportunities that it provides our 6,000 plus students in our care. It was great to welcome back the Class of 69 to Castlefield this morning. Close on 40 enjoyed a lovely morning tea and a tour of Castlefield. And it's great to welcome the class of 69 to the Clark Club for their very, very first event. Would you please put your hands together and welcome the class of 69. They're the rowdy ones at the back. It's wonderful as always to welcome the wives and partners to this event today. And of the wonderful ladies here today, can I single out four ladies who have made a wonderful contribution to our community. On table seven in front of me here, Gwyneth Clark wife of the late Brian Clark, the reason that we are here today. Gwyneth, of course, is here with her son Tim, and Tim it gets closer and closer every year to your membership of this club, of course, from the class of 74, only five years to go. (laughs) Gwyn Cox is on Table 8. Gwyn, the wife of the late Ian Cox, former school captain and Chair of Halebury Council. Gwyn, lovely to have you here as always. Sue Brown on Table 7, wife of the late Jim Brown, former school captain and long-serving teacher. And Sue Truman on Table 10, wife of the late Bill Truman. And Sue is here with her daughter and current Halebury parent, Lindy Mulhouser. Would you please give these ladies a wonderful Halebury welcome? Thank you to the Sandringham Yacht Club for their wonderful hospitality and to the development staff team Hayley and Kylie for their tireless work. And thank you also to our archives team uh, Matt, Bill, Trevor and Keith for the work that they have done in providing some really interesting historical material which is out the front next to the registration table which you're more than welcome to have a look at a bit later on. And thank you to those of you who have flown in from interstate and overseas to attend today's event. We really do appreciate it. The event has grown in stature from humble beginnings. 43 people attended the first year at the Marine Hotel. And the staggering response today for our 10th anniversary of over 150 people, again, is testament to this wonderful community. However, there is one thing that just does not change, and that is the annual Clark Club Countdown. So can I please ask those of you who are old Haliburians to stand.
0: What follows then is a countdown by alumni year group to determine the oldest old Haliburian present. This was a tradition Russell introduced in 2010, which has become a most popular feature at each year's function. And here are the last few seconds. Stiff competition here, 1952.
1: 1951, 1950. Great to have you here, Don Cumming, from 1949, all the way from Warrigal. Would you please give Don a hand?
0: Well done, Don. You have been a great supporter of archives over the years, supplying us with valuable DVDs of boarders' reunions. Next up, Russell introduces a most prominent old Hayley to deliver the annual Brian Clark Oration.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Brian Clark Oration is a tradition developed five years ago, a tribute to the legend of Brian Clark. Former Clark Club orators have included Don McQueen, Russell Sincock, Neil Plunkett and Chris Oldens. The 2019 Oration will be delivered by Rob Fieldes AM, a graduate of 1958 and a former OHA medal winner for his outstanding service to business and sports administration. Rob is chairman of the Fieldies Group of Companies, a former Collingwood footballer and a former number one ranked decathlete in the country, a former president and chair of Athletics Australia. Would you please welcome Rob to deliver the 2019 Clark Club (laughs) Oration.
2: Thank you, Russ. Well, I think the first story would be about Weary and uh, my year in year 10, studying Greek and Roman history. And I was just talking to John Ross about it, and he used to say to John, wake up, Ross. that for my case, uh, there was an exam, and 20 marks out of the 100 was about, I think it was a Threonopoulos. I can't remember his name exactly. What did he do? and What did he achieve in Greek history? I had no idea. So I, um, I waffled on, and said well he went up uh, to the north and then he turned around and came back (laughs) and he talked to various people and then he got the horses were all fed you know and then one of the carts broke down and uh, he had a he had a wonderful time so I submitted my particular paper and it came back I thought I wonder how many I got out of 20 for that particular uh, part of my exam one out of 20 and I looked at, for, for Mr. Weary's comment, he said, Waffle, phil So that was that was it. And then John, for you, he used to tell you to wake up all the time. Anyway, so, look, I've gone into a fair bit of detail about Weary's history. Apparently a lot of you don't know a lot about what he did and achieved outside of the school, because he a very humble man and a very decent and quiet fellow. And like many of the returned men and women of that time, they didn't really talk a lot about World War II. It was just, uh, just the way it was. There have been many excellent former speakers, which were mentioned a minute ago by Russell uh, at previous lunches, but they've concentrated on anecdotes from school and so on. But if you'll bear with me, I've done quite a bit of research, and thank you to Gwyneth. And I just asked Gwyneth, do you mind if i continue with a few little fun bits? And she said, say what you like, Rob. Because we do have to mention Weary's fingers, don't we? Yes. I commenced Halebury in 1950 as a nine-year-old the same day that Weary commenced uh, at the school. The class of 69 over here, you would have been, what, one or two years of age. So you're very much the babies of this particular meeting. But my talk today concentrates quite a lot on the 50 school years, as very little has been known about that particular era from the point of view of not only Weary but all the other teachers. And I'm not doing justice here to you, Morris Brown, and to others because I'm talking for a moment about the returned men from World War II. Much of my information has come from you, Gwyneth, and conversations that we had about Brian's life and son, Tim. Thank you very much. I also received a lot of information from Bill Truman, and to you, Sue, our condolences, losing Bill, a wonderful man, and who worked so closely with Brian over such a long time in the history field at our school. And then I've got to mention Ken Grant. Where are you, Ken? Ken was captain of cricket in 5960. He boasts a lot about the scores that he made under Weary. But I think you made 100, or was it only once or twice? A couple of times. Okay, very good. But some of the teachers from that era, the younger ones, you may or may not have had contact with them. Mr Palfrey, and Mr Palfrey's son is here. I know them as Mr because that's the way we were brought up. He was a naval officer, I think a lieutenant in the Australian Navy. Mr Godoyne, Mr Godoyne, Gotts Godoyne. Godoyne. Godoyne, you may remember. We'd try and get him to talk about other things and, and reminisce on the Indian wars. He was a very interesting uh, colonel in the, uh, in the Indian Army. Frank Northcott. well, he ran an army, didn't he? We're all, we're, <laughs> we're all members of, a, of, a, of an army. And then Jock. Jock McGregor, he was a member of a Scottish regiment, I couldn't find out which regiment unfortunately, but he certainly was in a Scottish regiment, and then Mr Pritchard, Mr Pritchard was in the French army and also the French resistance, we don't know what the hell he resisted, but uh, but he did come back to our school, and then Mr Williamson, he was a Grenadier guard, a very upright fellow. And, of course, our librarian was Mrs Simpson. Those of you who remember Mrs Simpson was a, a very lovely, wonderful woman. And she and her family uh, survived the Blitz. They, they got belted like hell in London. And she came out here to start a new life with her family. Then there was our sportsmaster, Elmer Moran, who left in about 1953 because he wasn't quite getting on with the programs that he wanted for gymnastics compared to footy and cricket at our school. He was an Estonian and he fled from both the Russian and German armies for two years during the Second World War, living on berries and anything else that he could scrounge. He spoke little English when he joined our school in 1951, and he had a famous saying, run on your balls, man. (laughs) And, of course, he meant the balls of your feet, but but we we thought that was wonderful. (laughs) But we thought that was wonderful mirth, you know, at that time. (laughs) Run on your balls. Because uh, you know, we'd do these run-throughs. He'd get six boys lined up and we'd all run through. And he'd say, oh, you're doing this and doing that, but you're not running on your balls. Uh, so anyway. Anyway, back to Brian. Well, now, Gwyneth, this is a lot of your story. And please, I hope I don't go on for too long. Brian was born on the 12th of November 1926 in Melbourne. He attended Trinity Grammar School and Melbourne Grammar School through to the matriculation year in 1944. He joined the Navy while still at school and spent one year at Flinders Naval Base and became a fully qualified wireless operator. The Second World War finished in September 1945 with the surrender of Japan. In late 1945, Brian was actually placed on a minesweeper, the HMAS Wilcannia, which sailed around the Pacific Islands cleaning and blowing up mines that had been left by the Japanese. I'm sure a very dangerous job. They even reported spotting the odd Japanese soldier living on an island, still refusing to surrender. In fact, they still found Japanese soldiers up to 20 years later who wouldn't give in because, you know, they fought to the death. And that was the reason for the atomic bombs, because they would never give in. In 1946, he was transferred to the West Australian, a passenger ship that had been converted into a troop ship to bring home troops from around the Pacific and also Japan. Brian and his fellow crewmen visited Nagasaki to observe the dreadful atomic bomb damage to that city. A dangerous spot to go in 1946 due to atomic radiation, but they walked around the ruins. of, You know, there was Hiroshima and there was Nagasaki. Anyway, they just walked around. that. You couldn't do that today? I mean, God help us. You'd think he'd be full of radiation poisoning. But he obviously survived that and continued to be a very heavy smoker <laughs> for most of his life. But, he, ladies and gentlemen, he did go cold turkey and stopped smoking completely around 1994, over 50 years as a smoker. He had sort of yellow-orange fingers, would you say? orangey colour. And one uh, lark said to me recently, he'd be a very, very good GWS supporter. <laughs> to be fair, smoking was normal then, even healthy. The master's common room, we come to the master's common room. If you were a young lad and you'd misbehaved or you needed to go to the common room at recess or at lunchtime, you would knock on the door of the common room, many of you would remember, and the door would be opened by a fairly grumpy teacher who wasn't wanting to be interrupted, he'd be having a smoke with their tea or coffee. And as the door opened, the smoke would pour out. And if you were lucky enough or unlucky enough to go into the common room, you couldn't see the other side for the haze. So it was staggering, the amount of smoking that went on. Anyway, Brian, in 1946-47, he was based in Sydney for a while at Middlehead Naval Station under the Ministry of External Affairs looking for spies. So any of you boys who are wondering whether Weary was checking on you, you can now understand why from the training that he'd had. He got on well with boys and he was a moulder of character. This is you, Gwyneth, explaining this to me. He lived in Mount Albert with his parents and younger sister Patricia before he married Gwyneth. During 1947, he left the Navy and gained entry into Melbourne University to do an arts degree, which he successfully completed and joined Haleby at 23 years of age in February 1950. His family lived in Blackburn and Brian would ride his motorbike to Haleby every day. He had a motorised push bike. Now, how the hell you could ride from Blackburn to Brighton half pushing and half with a little motorised engine? So uh, he was very, very fit. Someone said he could kick a ball 60 yards or 60 metres, 50 metres, when when we had kick to kick. So obviously he was in good shape. He actually did purchase a more powerful motorbike and then he took over his mother's Rover in 1954 and Gwyneth said he was always having it fixed. And only four or five cars, if you recall, those of you that are old enough, that's all there was ever parked at our school. They had two sons, Tim and Jonathan. Tragically, Jonathan passed away in 2014 from brain cancer, four months before we lost Brian. Brian loved cricket, but he only played at school. He played a lot of tennis with his local church club, you said, Gwyneth, and you also said he had a very nice backhand. (laughs) Brian became a resident teacher in the boarding house in 51-53 to 53, before marrying Gwyneth. He developed a close relationship with many of the boarders who really admired and respected him as a teacher, friend and mentor. Over many years the Mildura Swanhill former boarders would hold a reunion weekend for Brian and Gwyneth with lunches and a special dinner on Saturday night. He retired in 1991, aged 65, after 42 years of teaching at Halebury. Gwyneth said he enjoyed his retirement years. He spent a great deal of time at their second home in Point Lonsdale enjoying gardening, the lifestyle and the sea air. He was a South Melbourne football club supporter and a member of the Old Melburnians Lodge. His church was the Holy Trinity in Surrey Hills where he was a member of the vestry and a lay reader. How did Brian get the name Weary? Now, I thought I was touching on grounds here that was a bit sensitive to Gwyneth when we chatted away. And she said he would say to Gwyneth and to others, I feel a bit weary. <laughs> so that's where it must have come from. Unless someone else can enlighten me in the room, that's that's where uh, weary came from. But he was a hard worker, up early and late to bed. Clearly he was a person admired and respected in the wider community for his outstanding involvement and contribution to many organisations beyond Halebury. This lunch is a tribute to a fine man, teacher and Haleburian. And I'm sure Brian would be pleased to have some of his fellow teachers and mentors from the 1950s mentioned today. Brian recalled the warmth and guidance he received from the Reverend Frank Elmore, headmaster Sholto Black, and later, after 1953, and Bradshaw commenced in 1954. They were very much mentors and confidants to Brian in his earlier years at Halebury. We've all been very fortunate to attend Halebury and to witness the incredible growth and current greatness of our school. It's a great credit to you, Derek and to Tom and to all the others that do so much good work for our school as it continues to grow to something that we couldn't even envisage. When I left there were 600 boys and now there's 6,000 and we're the number one school in the country. It's fantastic. So in in line of of all of this, if you you would care to be interested in, in creating a scholarship or to give some financial support to any young boy or girl who could take the opportunity to have the great experience that Halebury offers. There's so many great, wonderful children out there that don't get the opportunity. So you can easily be involved in it and help a young boy or girl to become a far broader, wider person than they might have otherwise been. Well, that's about it from me, so thank you very much.
0: Stirring stuff. You certainly covered a lot of ground there, Rob, and what a most valuable part of the fabric of the Haley community the Clark Club has become. So, well done Russell and the OHA Committee. And thanks to Chief Archivist Matthew Wooten for the high quality audio from this year's event. Well, that's it for this 12th From the Archives podcast. The next episode should be coming your way in December. We have now reached the one-year mark with this episode and the responses so far have been most encouraging. Please remember that your feedback is what keeps us going. So if you've got a comment to make or a story you'd like to tell, please get in touch. My email, keith.white at edu.au, or perhaps send me a text or voicemail to 0490 477398. Again, 0490 477398. This is Keith White signing off from the archives, series one, episode twelve, November 2019. Thanks for listening.